Hi everyone, I'm your host Tess from Spellbinding and you're listening to Everyday Witch, a show that helps you discover and unlock the magic within. Hello everyone, I am joined by Liz today who is the author of Living in Tune with Hay House and an award-winning spiritual life and business coach named the Emerging Voice of 2020 by Kindred Spirit Magazine, one of the five most influential female coaches of 2021 by entrepreneur mogul and one of the 50 under 50 for 2022 by the NYC Journal. She hopes to create massive success for soul-led entrepreneurs by aligning them with their power and getting their strategy on point. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah, and if you could just explain to our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to say is this has not always been my line of work. And a lot of my clients that I work with, that's often what they relate to. So I started my career in investment banking, which no one can ever believe, like a gray suit, office life. I did my degree in economics. And then after a few years, I was like, okay, clearly this is terrible. I'm not meant to be here. And I thought I was meant to be more creative. So I went into fashion and I was a merchandiser for the second biggest high street retailer in the UK. And that again, six months, amazing. I was shopping in Harrods and like getting paid and getting free bags to take home and, you know, all the kind of stuff you look for when you work in fashion. And then I still had this terrible feeling in my stomach and it was a physical feeling, like a a drop in my stomach. Something was missing, but I couldn't figure out what because I had everything I wanted. So... Then I started kind of searching for more meaning, more purpose. I've always been spiritual my whole life, um, but it really amped up at this point because I was searching for more meaning, trying to find my life purpose. And then I really got into entrepreneurship and spirituality. And I started getting up two hours earlier every morning just so I could learn about spirituality and entrepreneurship. The two things have always been very blended for me. Um, which is why I work with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs now. And I guess because of my background as well, I like it to be grounded and practical. Um, And then I've been doing this since 2018. And I got a book deal with Hay House in 2020. Um, My book finally came out earlier this year, but I've done a few different things in my business. So I did tarot readings for a while, uh, one-to-one coaching, and now I have a series of programs and a membership. That's awesome. I saw on your website that uh, one of the programs that you offer was a money mindset program. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. And also if you have any advice for how someone can change their mindset about money. Mm, Yeah, this is a huge one. And I find it fascinating because money is something that's always interested me. Because my like everyone has their own money story and mine was very interesting because I came from an educated family who you know were physically able and had a lot of opportunities but had a lot of issues with money my parents actually broke up because my dad went bankrupt and he's a very heavy drinker so he spent all of his money in the pub and gambling so my mum left him ended up going for someone who was 
a full-blown alcoholic and drank like a litre of whiskey in a day and then she realised oh okay I have a pattern here um but so I grew up in like poverty really which was very strange because my dad and mum were both like you know kind of from middle class backgrounds my dad went to boarding school but they had such bad money mindsets and such low self-esteem that like we didn't have literally didn't have any money like the cupboards were empty we had rats running around like the boiler broke we didn't have hot water my mum used to bring the kettle up and fill the bath to like wash which is just insane because it shouldn't have been like that like they had the opportunities so I then grew up with my own issues around money and I would observe you know my friends families and what was different and this is why I studied economics and this is why I went into investment banking because I was so fascinated by money how money works how to make money how do you go from poor to rich what makes rich people rich like I just found it all so interesting. Um, so it's always been like a massive theme in my life. And what started to happen as I got into entrepreneurship and I actually lived somewhere called Glastonbury in England, which some people listening to may may know. It's the spiritual hub. It's Avalon. It's uh, like every shop is a crystal shop. There's no shops where you can actually buy things you need. Kind of like Sedona, I guess. Kind of similar thing. Um, and I lived there for a year and a half. And what I learned then was that there are a lot of spiritual people who had bad views about money or were kind of anti-money, but then were struggling for money. And I was like, right, how do I help these people? And again, like to go back to my background, I think that really helped. Like I've always loved money and wanted it. So then it was interesting to go into spiritual work and see that people didn't like it and didn't want it. So I really wanted to help people with that. And in is you really can't summarize like one one thing that's going to help people because there's so many different blocks that people have around it. Um, how can I summarize it in one thing? If you want to heal your relationship with money, I would say look at what your patterns are. I think that's probably the most important thing. Like. For example, you can have a pattern of overspending every month. Like I was addicted to shopping at one point. I was thinking yesterday I about addiction. I think I watched something on Netflix and I was thinking about the addictions that I have had. And when I was a teenager, I was anorexic and bulimic. So I was addicted to weight loss and I was addicted to binging and purging. And I was addicted to food. And then I was addicted to shoplifting randomly, <laughs> again, when I was a teenager. Um, and then I was addicted to shopping when I got to like 21 and I had money I like it's all I would think about it's like all I would do I'd constantly just be buying in return and it was like my whole life and I was thinking about um addiction and like these patterns that we have and at the time I wouldn't have seen it as a addiction but that overspending is like a bad money habit so like what patterns do you have or are you terrified to spend money or you know um do you feel like you under earn like you don't ask for what you deserve at work do you underprice like notice the patterns and that will show you what you need to heal no i think that's great advice i also think it is like with the spiritual community it is they don't want to be seen as like a corporation because that's so icky if you're trying to be spiritual so people don't want to want money because that goes against everything that you're trying to do as being spiritual. So it is a really double-edged sword because you're trying to run a business and a lot of people have difficulties with that because it's like, you know, 
obviously everyone needs money to survive and you're trying to run a business, but I'm not trying to rip people off or be a corporation. Yeah, it's a huge block. And it's not just like a spiritual thing. My mom has a quote on the fridge, um, the quote from the Bible, like she's got various Christian paraphernalia. And it's like, it's harder for a, a rich man to get into heaven than a camel through the eye of the needle. And my brother is actually a vicar. And the other day, he's just moved into like a new vicar house because um, he gets paid for by the Church of England. And he was like, oh, I feel so bad that it's this like nice big house. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like the amount of judgment that people have around money, like it's lim- like they're not worthy of it, essentially, is what it comes down to. And then yeah. it's limited in some way. Yeah, yeah, it is really interesting. Um, Is there one thing or... I mean, you talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but is there anything else that inspired you to become a spiritual entrepreneur and coach? It was literally just a calling. It's not something I ever chose. And like logically, I don't think I would choose it because it's hard. Like going to a wedding is the hardest thing ever because (laughs) it's so many difficult conversations. Like people just do not get it, especially in England, which is just not a a fan of spiritual stuff generally. Um, And it's so hard to explain what I do. No one gets it. It kind of positions you as this outcast, weirdo, um, and entrepreneurship, as you know, like it has its ups and downs and its challenges. It's a lot more hours than, you know, any job would be. Um, so yeah, it's not something I would ever choose. I, I just don't have a choice. I literally feel like I don't have a choice. It's like, this is what I'll do till I die. And this is my path and what I came here to do. Yeah. that I mean, <laughs> that's funny. I totally relate to like, mm-hmm not being able to talk about what you do or it's really hard to get people to understand, you know, yeah. if, if you're around a bunch of people and you're just like, I, I don't even know how to describe this to you, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd love to know what advice you have for people to turn up their intuition like you talk about in your book. Yes. Yeah. So in my book, Living in Tune, I have 21 exercises. So I think for like, there's there's many different things you can do, but I the first chapter is power. And I think the one thing that people need to do if they want to listen to their intuition more is they need to start trusting themselves more and essentially just go with it. Like, you know, the film, just go with it with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Like that is the motto of using your intuition. Like, just go with it. You have to start trusting yourself and believing in your own power, because I think obviously everyone has intuition but most people just don't listen to it. They don't trust it. People don't believe it exists or, you know, anything like that. So I think just practicing trusting your own power is like the one overarching way. And then, of course, there's lots of other things you can do, like more time alone, meditation, using a pendulum, using tarot cards, oracle cards is also a great place to start because they literally give you an answer written down. So I think they're a really good place to like build that trust and that connection and then from there I think you know you can start using your intuition without any external tools and just trust the feeling because I said earlier about how I had an awful feeling in my stomach and you will like most people have had a bad gut feeling that is intuition right there or you feel really lit up that again is intuition like you get a good feeling about someone or a bad feeling about someone your friend's boyfriend you're like I just 
there's just something shady about him. He's not done anything wrong, but you just can't quite. And then he does something wrong and you're like, yeah, I knew it. So like we all have it. So it's just about putting it first, trusting it and believing in your own power, I think is the most important thing. And then it will flourish. Yeah. I also saw on your website that you have a best-selling book queen program and I was wondering if you could talk about like what inspired you to start it and what it entails. Yeah, this is a great question. So it took, I mentioned, again, I mentioned before, I started in 2018 and I started blogging and that was when I realized, okay, I, I've been assigned the mission of writing, but again, I didn't choose it. Like the words just started coming in. I got like put them in a Word document from my phone and there was 30,000 words. But to give you context, a book is 60,000. So it was literally half a book just in like random notes, paragraph sentences that had come through as I was working in fashion. And so I was like, okay. And then I started trying to get a book deal, blogging every week. And it wasn't until two and a half years later that I got a contract. And then my book was out another year and a quarter after that. So it was a very, very long journey. They they kept rejecting me as well. So I kept bouncing back because I'd had Louise Hay came to me in a dream. She visited me. And also I had a moment with a Wayne Dyer book where I was just kind of flicking through and I got, I don't know if you've ever had this, I got like taken over and I, like in my brain, I was like, why am I still flicking? And I was on the last pages and I was like, why am I on the last pages? And then my eye like zoomed in on these words that said, welcome to the Hay House family. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be with Hay House. And then the first words of my contract when I eventually got one was welcome to the Hay House, like hi Liz, welcome to the Hay House family. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's just such a long process and painful. Like it was so painful getting rejected. And I just really wanted to make it shorter, quicker, easier, and let people know know how to become an author much more quickly and the best part is I'm doing it with my friend Rachel Alice who's also a coach but she's self-published so we've like covered both routes getting a book deal going with a publisher and self-publishing so they both have pros and cons and different routes are going to be different uh better for different people so we wanted to have a completely well-rounded program to help spiritual people get their message out there because so many people say they want to write a book one day or they have a book in them um so we were just trying to get people going with it basically that's awesome yeah I know so many people who like want to write a book but don't know where to start so they just don't do it because Mm -hmm. it seems like it's really hard you know and I think that's great that you have a program to help people with that because it is difficult if you don't know where to start totally and this is a group program as well so you've got the accountability and a structure like this weekly course so it gives you that momentum like okay I need to I need to implement this come have questions ready and things like that and then there's a community as well so other people on the same journey you can float ideas with each other just yeah from our own experiences becoming an author we wanted to give people what they needed or what we needed back in the day in order to help them yeah What advice do you have for spiritual entrepreneurs, especially since you work with so many of them? (laughs) Oh, lots. I think the most important thing is to do what you're really meant to be doing, because otherwise it's going to be too hard to stick with it. Uh, I think you have to really be doing what you truly want to do rather than what you think you should do. Otherwise, like the bad days are just going to be 10 times worse because you're going to be frustrated that you're not even doing what you really want to be doing. 
And I teach a lot about alignment and energy and how we have the strongest energy flow is when we're lit up by what we're doing, when we're doing the thing that lights us up the most. So I think that's the most important thing. People can sense it. There's like a magnetism when you're talking about what you love. You flow so much more easily. You're more confident with it. And people can detect that. I think we all have a certain flavor. And like even two people teaching like the same niche, same topic, they have a different flavor, a different style, a different way of being like. um, So I think it's just really important to kind of do what you love to do and translate it in a way that makes it marketable, which I think we can do for pretty much anything in the spiritual industry. It's just about making people see the value in what you're doing in a way that's going to benefit them, not just because you love it. Yeah. Can you like talk a little bit about what your one-on-one coaching is or what people can expect if they decide to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, this is like obviously the most intimate way to work with me. So it's two hour deep dives. I, so I missed a bit in my story earlier, actually. So between fashion and spiritual entrepreneurship, when I was in the blogging, getting a book deal stage, before I started doing tarot readings, I actually worked as a lecturer and I lectured in marketing, which is what I did my master's in. Um, And I did that part time. So I was like used to lecturing in marketing. When I started coaching, that's like what I did. It was like business coaching. And then I realized as I was working with everyone, okay, I'm always doing a lot of energy work. So then it became like much more kind of even like 50-50 energy work and spiritual with the business. Whereas when I started, it was business coaching. Um, So my coaching is very much kind of business led with some healing, also includes some programs as well and uh, workbooks, two hour deep dives to really elevate. It's called Elevate. So it's to get you where you want to be in business, knowing that everything's a reflection of you and that you really are the one who's going to make or break your success because it's not just about having the strategies. And this is what I learned. Like when I was doing you know, business coaching, you can give people all the strategies in the world and you can spend hours telling them, you know, this is going to be your best route. Do this, do this, do this, do this. It's not doing the stuff alone that's going to get you the results it's really about being all in like getting past your fear of rejection and failure and pricing properly because you feel worthy it's like you need to have both both things that's why I call it elevate because it's the business and also the inner work so that you don't sabotage yourself and get in your own way and uh, one question that we ask like every single guest that's on and it's one of my favorite questions is what does magic mean to you? I love this question and I think what magic means to me is realizing how supported you are like that's when I experience magic in the moments where you're like what like something instantly manifests or there's some little miracle And it's just because you realize how supported you are. That is magic to me. That's the feeling of magic. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, that question because everyone's answer is always different. You know, it's like so amazing how many people view magic in different ways. Yeah. What's your answer? I I think it would be like magic is being able to feel powerful and confident in who you are and like, finding that inner fire within yourself and then spreading it to everyone else I love that yeah totally (laughs) different answers amazing yeah 
Another question is, what is something magical that happened to you this week? And it could be like something kind, something actually magical, like a synchronicity, whatever you want it to be, basically. Mine's going to be a a weird answer. So at the time we're recording this, like the whole universe is in retrograde, like every planet is in retrograde. It's ridiculous. I'm in Costa Rica and I'm traveling full time. So like all my stuff's in storage and I'm in this Airbnb in Costa Rica for three months. Beautiful panoramic views of the forest, like everything's amazing. Except at night, I get woken up multiple times a night, every night by different things. And it's the weirdest thing. It's either like a rainstorm or my toilet started like leaking out on the floor um, or what else? Dogs barking, cockroach, just like random shit multiple times a night, every single night. And it's so weird and horrendous. I'm like so tired. But what's been happening is the universe is showing me my resilience. And my friend, actually, Rachel, who I'm doing the book program, she asked me earlier today, why do you think it is? And I said, the universe is trying to teach me resilience. It's trying to show me what I'm capable of because I've already had so many rules. Like before I lived by all these rules around, oh, I can't do this if I'm tired. If I'm tired, I can't access my intuition. Like all these kind of limits I had. And it's just pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. Because it's like, oh, actually, you can do this. And as hard as it is, it's making me expand and making me get rid of my limits and showing me that my limits are lies. So it's a very weird answer because it's basically like I've had a terrible week with no sleep, but the universe is doing it because it's showing me that actually I'm so much more capable than I ever thought I was. Yeah, I love that answer. And it's so funny, like, Mercury retrograde the last interview I just did the computer shut down and rebooted in the middle of the interview and I thought the whole thing I just lost the whole interview but luckily it saved but I was like oh my god maybe I shouldn't be doing interviews right now (laughs) we had the same so Rachel and I did a free workshop on Monday and we had all these technical issues in the middle like with the music and then it was like recording stopped and we were halfway in we were like what re-recorded it that one went off into space. Like we talked to Zoom. We def I pressed end record and like everything didn't exist. So then the next day we filmed it again, just the two of us. But I was so tired because of the reasons I just said that like we were going through it and I was meant to be speaking on a slide, but I was just staring into space. And then Rachel like started and I was like, oh shit, it's my slide. <laughs> so I've had yeah, had a hell of a week with the retrogrades the universe testing me and just everything yeah but I see the magic in it totally and I know it's all happening for me yeah yeah well I think that's definitely part of magic is like finding magic in everything and the everyday parts and even the little moments that might not seem magical and seem pretty annoying but you can look back and still be grateful for it Hmm. totally yeah Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast and I will have links to your website and social media and everything so people can find you and maybe see about taking one of your programs or being one-on-one with you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Liz who gave us so much information on intuition and money mindset. There will be links in the show notes Make sure to follow Everyday Witch 
pod to stay up to date. Also rate and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening and don't forget you are magic.